What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 122 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the London Anti-Lockdown March episode. <laughs> As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Annie Kelly, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, our beloved UK correspondent Annie has unbarricaded her front door and wandered out into the wasteland known as London. What she found out there was a pretty substantial and rowdy anti-lockdown march, replete with people who did not appreciate her use of a mask. She remained stalwart in the face of these microaggressions and insisted on asking the throng questions about their beliefs and many handwritten signs. Her recorder did not flag, nor did her courage. As a result, she has smuggled back a nice selection of audio clips from her adventures. Annie, so nice to do an episode again with you and so glad that you're back at home. Would you say that getting the vaccine is a priority in your life currently? Um, yeah, it's a huge priority. Although, actually, we don't get 5G in my area, so I don't really know how much good it's going to be. Oh, oh, right. In terms of linking you to, like, the Borg consciousness under yeah. Bill Gates? <laughs> right. For a second there, you were so pilled that even I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> you can, like, order your own tests from the NHS now. So I've ordered some, but they say to take them, like, five days after you think you may have been infected. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just staying indoors till then. Fingers crossed, everyone. Godspeed. Hashtag pray Annie doesn't have COVID. Editor's note, her test came back negative. Anti-Lockdown March. Greetings, my sweet and gentle listeners. It's Annie Kelly here with another dispatch from dubiously Great Britain. Some of you who follow international news or in a more likely case spend an unhealthy amount of time on social media may have seen that central London was the site of a massive anti-lockdown protest march numbering several thousand people this weekend. What you may not have seen was that your beloved, brave, beautiful UK correspondent numbered amongst them. The march advertised itself as being a demonstration against vaccine passports, which here have become a sort of hazily defined media buzzword for general ideas that have been floated by businesses or the government on how to utilise people's COVID immunity status for either international travel or reducing social distancing in theatres, bars or sporting events. For what it's worth, I don't think some of the ideas that have come under the vaccine passport banner have been particularly great for precisely this reason. I think they tend to mobilise more people to align themselves with anti-vaccination movements because they create the sense of a threat to civil liberties. And that did seem to be precisely what happened here. The anti-vaccine passport banner united a vast number of people from the fed-up normies to the marginally red-pilled to the COVID is a hoax, QAnon is real crowd. One of the main organising groups for the rally were Stand Up, who've organised several local and national protests against the UK lockdown rules since March last year. Having spent time in some of their local Facebook groups, they also tend to act as a nexus for conspiracy theories surrounding COVID and QAnon, even when the organisers themselves try to keep their hands clean and focus on the more inoffensively libertarian aspect. Now, this might seem to be less of a successful rallying cry, as lockdown here at least is subsiding. The government, as a result of the vaccine rollout, has actually been gradually loosening lockdown restrictions, meaning my blood alcohol content has been permanently raised as I navigate constantly drinking to prevent hypothermic shock while I chat to friends outside in the freezing British springtime. I'm probably drunk right now, to be honest. So, I decided to attend this march to see what lay in store for the Covid sceptic movement as the country's material circumstances changed. There were already clues that things weren't quite above board. Users on Stand Up or other anti-lockdown Facebook groups were asked to join a Telegram channel to find details of the march on April 24th. 
From there, we were told to go to central London and await exact details of the location to arrive at 11am. It was all quite exciting, as someone who hadn't even been on a train for over a year, I dutifully woke up at the crack of dawn and made my way down to the station. Trains here now have this weird rule where you have to wear a mask at all times except if you want to eat or drink. So I had to wolf down my chicken and bacon sandwich like a hamster, terrified that a ticket inspector might pass me at a moment I wasn't visibly chewing. While I was engaged in this pathetic theatre, a couple entered and sat on the table opposite me, her wearing a pink shirt that read, a little bit dramatic, while he did an exaggerated <laughs> stare around the carriage and loudly declared, doesn't look like there's any virus here. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them were wearing masks. Could they be attending the same march as me? I thought about it and decided I was just being paranoid and grumpy because I found them annoying. We were in Norwich, two hours away from London, which may not sound like a lot to Americans, but here means something is considered relatively out of the way. I dismissed my misgivings and promptly fell asleep. When I awoke, it was because the couple had met a friend on the carriage and were now loudly having a conversation where they talked about how exciting the day's events were going to be. Their friend agreed, mentioning, there's 15 of us at least on this train alone. Now I was getting nervous. What could they be talking about? I tried to go back to sleep, but just before I did, I heard one of them mention the importance of doing your own research. <laughs> Quite the lullaby. <laughs> to sing you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> when we arrived in London, we had five minutes to go before the march's location would be revealed to us via telegram. I went outside the station for a smoke, where my fears were realised. The couple from the train and their friend were all congregating and hugging a large group of people, many of whom wore t-shirts that said stuff like, it's all about control, and contemplate before you vaccinate. <laughs> there were about 30 of them and they were rapidly growing. I realised that this march was probably going to be big. The message arrived on Telegram that our meeting point was to be Hyde Park Corner, close to Buckingham Palace and the Houses of Parliament. I made my way over on the tube, which was cramped and miserable, so at least that aspect of London hadn't changed. The protesters had been told to be discreet and keep to small separate groups before the official start of the protest at 12.45pm, but it clearly hadn't quite worked. They were obvious immediately, because there was already a huge mass of them mingling with one another, playing music, hugging and dancing. It felt more like a dance party than a protest. I have to be honest here, even though it feels like something I shouldn't admit. It was a really nice atmosphere. The sun was shining, everyone seemed happy, and it was just genuinely on a human level. Lovely to see so many people having a good time together. Even if my blue-pilled chic brain told me this looked an awful lot like a super spreader event. We still had about an hour to go before we started marching at this point, so I decided to try and hunt down some interviews, figuring they'd be harder to get a hold of as more people showed up. What brings you here today? Well, obviously Hyde Park is the place to be on Saturday the 24th with this level of tyranny and treasonous bullshit going on in England. So I'm here protesting for my freedom. Well, not protesting for my freedom, actually celebrating my freedom because it's a beautiful day, the sun's shining, there are a lot of friends here, we've got music playing and we're going to be dancing all the way down to Trafalgar Square because that's our freedom, that's exactly what we should have and be celebrating. Were you guys here at the last rally, the one in central London? No, I, oh, okay. I, could, I, I, was, I was ill, I didn't make it. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to lockdown, I feel like a lot of people will be thinking, you know, yeah, lockdown was really bad, but it's sort of, it's kind of like things are opening up a bit again now, you know, where things are getting back to normal. 
what do you guys what would you guys say to them I would say ignore it all it's all bullshit we should never have gone into lockdown um, first of all isolate the virus show me the virus there is there is not an isolated virus you can't catch a virus a virus is an exudation of cellular matter from a cell from a toxic cell so can't catch a virus secondly if this is a pandemic show me the bodies we are the bodies we are the hearses going past you every single day we are the funeral owners overrun we are the bodies it's bullshit it's complete bullshit and we're being herded like sheep towards the sheep dip to get our dip which is the vaccination so that's a gene altering therapy it's not actually a vaccination it's a treatment and um, yeah i would counsel anybody not to do that because that's essentially chemical control and who wants to have that level of chemical control and and possibly even more than chemical control because there's an element in it called luciferase which is a tracking device so if you look at what tracks tracking devices you've got to look at electromagnetic stuff and then you've got to look at 5g rollout and what's been going on while we've been in lockdown why there's suddenly masks everywhere that weren't there before so yeah there's a hell of a lot going on and i think for those people that are still playing the, lo the lockdown game and staying in lockdown they actually need to start asking some really serious and hard questions because i think if you still think this is legitimate then you're just not asking the right questions and you're not asking enough questions i think a lot of people are probably like me where you finish science at school and you never think about it again and then you hear doctors and scientists on the radio and on the tv saying you know pandemic here's what you've got to do and you sort of panic because you don't understand where should someone go to see it all kind of broken down like this in a way that we can understand? It's an interesting question because I don't know that there is anywhere, any one place that you can go. And I think that that is actually really useful because it means that we all need to do our own research and we all need to unpick and unbundle what's going on from a health level to a political level to a scientific level to a biological level. So if you look at the Bowden Declaration, you've got lots of resources there that you can look and really understand, um, one, how your immune system works, two, how the vaccine works, and you can start doing your research from there. I would say that's probably a good start. Actually, point. it is a good start, yeah. The, the, and I don't want to dismiss anything. There are lots and lots of really good resources, but you have to look for them. You know, so that's, that's the trigger. Don't Google. Don't Google <laughs> Definitely not. Well, don't Google. Where should no. you? DuckDuckGo duck, duck, or something like that. But if you Google it, you're not going to get the truth. Right. Okay. Everything is suppressed on Google. So there's a company called Alphabet, which is part of. Um, who's it part of? Alphabet. Do you not know? So Alphabet's part of Big Pharma. Sorry, just part of Big Pharma. So they have a company that literally will go through all of the documents and they'll vet them and then they'll remove them or they'll change the documents. They even start to change books, your Kindle books. They're removing um, paragraphs out of books so that you haven't got the information that you need to then make a, a, a judgment call. So don't use Google for one. You have to do your own research and really look into it. And follow people that you know are credible. Mm, yeah, yeah. It works at a trust level. You've got to go back to who you trust. And how you feel. Yeah, and how you feel. At the end of the day, your, your intuitive guidance, you know, feel it through your heart. You know, and most people just need to, to look, to wake up and look. You know, if you feel this virus through your heart, you can't fail to think that it's complete rubbish because all the evidence is there, you know, and I think people 
I just got blinkers on. You know, it's scary, really scary. Is that because, one, I think a lot of people have got blinkers on because they watch TV 24-7. Exactly. They're watching TV and they're being brainwashed. They're using techniques, NLP techniques, hypnotherapy techniques, to really drive forward a message to be fearful and to be fighting for your life. But people aren't living anymore. So if you're not living, what's the point? Absolutely crazy, so just live your life. I'll leave you with one final question. That's all been really great. If Boris Johnson was in front of you right now, what would you say to him? I wouldn't say anything, I'd punch him. <laughs> I'd just say he's so irrelevant. He, uh, I probably wouldn't even notice that he was in front of me. He is totally irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. Doesn't, couldn't lead a fight out of a wet paper bag, quite frankly. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 